John 11, verses 1 to 45. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters said to him, sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. When Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sisters and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going to go there? Jesus answered, are, not, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, Jesus said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I, might, I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe but let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to the fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may dine with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. When Mary had said this, she went and called her sister, sorry, when Martha had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. Now when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus deeply moved again 
came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to Jesus, Lord, by this time there will be an odour, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So he took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Please keep your Bibles open. Um, Children are going to go out with Natalie um, and we're going to stick around here and George is going to come and share with us from that chapter. Uh, Thanks for reading and for the introductions, Rob. Yes, the big question today is, is there life after death? Is there life after death? And death is a very emotive subject. So it brings brings feelings of, of pain, of grief, of loss of helplessness, of finality. We we, we don't like death. Unfortunately, it strikes all of us. Just with a quick show of hands, has anyone ever lost anyone they love? Just show of hands. Show of hands. Everyone, almost everyone except... except, uh, Except uh, Kenny. You must have a hotline to God. Um, Yeah, so almost everyone has lost someone they love. But the question is, what happens to our beloved departed? What What happens to them? What happens to us? We're going to try and answer all these questions. Uh, by looking at the seventh sign. We put on our specs and try and answer this question. These questions, okay? And we will follow this path of uh, the death, the promise, and the fulfillment. First of all, the death. Keep your Bibles open because we're going to refer a lot in the Bible. Now, Jesus has lost a friend. He's lost Lazarus. In verse 3 it says uh, Lazarus was sick. And in verse 14 it says Lazarus is dead. Jesus has lost a friend. And Jesus loves this family dearly. Now even though this death is for the glory of God. We find that in verse 4. It says for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it, as in through this death. Even though it is for God's glory, it still hurts. And the sisters are hurting. And as we shall see later on, Jesus is hurting as well. 
So let us jump in. Let us step into this passage where, from where Jesus is approaching his friend's tomb. Verse 38, page 898. Verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus deeply moved again. So John seems to be telling us that what Jesus experienced previously was not just a fleeting emotion. So there's something Jesus experienced in verse 33 and 35, which was, which was not just passing. It is something that is progressively becoming deeper and deeper. So if you look back on in, in verse 33, it says, when Jesus saw her, as in Lazarus' sister Mary, weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Deeply moved. He is sighing in the depth of his soul. He is moved. He is emotional. And in verse 35, it says, Jesus wept. He's expressing the intense emotion through tears. He is profoundly moved. He is really moved. He is strongly moved. He is absolutely moved. Now, in 2018, my wife lost her brother Edward in April after a very short illness and we buried him then in October the same year I lost my brother Steve and we buried him the following week while we are still at the funeral Catherine lost her dad and we buried him the following year in January I lost my brother to cancer and we buried him. And then last year, Catherine loses her mom after a short illness. And as we are approaching her grave, Catherine loses the strength to walk. She collapses in grief. She has broken down. And everyone around us has broken down. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart. It was a deep, indescribable, painful, excruciating, emotional feeling. It just wants you to automatically go, ah, oh, ah. Oh. And that's what is being described here. Jesus is approaching the grave and he's going, He's deeply moved again as he comes to the tomb. Now the tomb is a cave. It's a cave. So if you're in a small town in Bethany, now Bethany is a small town, there's no morgue, or there's no mortuary, there's no way of preserving a dead body. It's a race against time. The minute you're pronounced dead, it's a race against time. It's a hot desert country. 
and decomposition sets in immediately. So if you die here, they have to quickly wash you, quickly smear you with spices and oil, quickly put strips of linen around you, put a cloth on your head, and put you in a cave. They have to bury you within 24 hours. It's a race against time. And then they roll a stone at the entrance of the grave to keep the wild animals out and to keep the stench in. Lazarus is buried in such a tomb. So when Jesus approaches the tomb, he makes a dramatic statement to the bystanders in verse 39. He says, take away the stone. Now, Jesus says this to the Jews in verse 31 who had been following Martha to the gravesite. If you look at verse 31, it says, when the Jews were with her in the house, consoling her, so Mary rise up quickly and go out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. And then Mary, when she came to where Jesus was, saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Those are the words of a grieving sister. Grieving sister. Lord, if you are here, my brother would not have died. It's possible that the people Jesus is addressing, the Jews, it's possible that they saw Lazarus die. It's possible that they quickly washed him and rubbed oil on his cold, dead skin and wrapped him in linen clothes and put a cloth around his face and carried him to the cave and put him in there and rolled the massive stone. And at this point, they have been mourning him for four days. So they are absolutely sure Lazarus is dead. Now keep this in mind because it's important. Absolutely sure Lazarus is dead. We put him there. So when Jesus tells them, remove the stone. Now the interesting thing is that Jesus, who is going to raise Lazarus, is telling people to roll away the stone. The one who is going to raise someone who is dead is telling people to roll away the stone. The one who could have melted the stone with his voice. He could have shattered the stone with a snap of his fingers. Yet he chooses to involve people. He's involving them in the miracle so that there is no doubt in their mind that a miracle has taken place. It also shows us that God in his grace involves man in his purposes. That is by his grace. So brothers and sisters, there's a role for you to play in God's plan. You cannot be a bystander. 
there is a role for you to play. Which brings us to the promise. So if you look at verse 39, Jesus says, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there is an order, for he has been dead four days. Lord! Martha calls Jesus. Lord means master. It means the one with authority, the sovereign one. She is confessing her faith. You are Lord. And yet what she says next betrays her confession. She says, he has been dead four days and therefore there is a stench. And another, another version of the Bible says, he stinketh. He stinketh. Okay? There's a smell. Now, I read a medical article, and, and I, I will read it to you. It said, it's, it's on patient resuscitation. Okay? So it says, um, once the flesh begins to decompose, there is no possibility, no possibility of resuscitation. According to the article, it only takes two days for the body to begin decomposing. So after two days, we are already on the boundary of it being too late. It's been four days, and the rot is ravaging Lazarus' body like a wildfire. That's why Martha is saying, she's cautioning Jesus. Hey, as if Jesus didn't know. You know, Jesus has been four days, you know, as if he didn't know. But in, in, in essence, she's saying, Jesus, it's too late. It's too late. There's nothing you can do for Lazarus now. He's too far gone. Leave Lazarus alone. Nevertheless, Jesus reassures Martha in verse 40 with a promise. Now, Jesus has already made this promise before. Martha. We look at it in verse 23 and following. But in verse 40, Jesus says to her, if you read, it says, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? In other words, Jesus has already spoken to Martha about this. In verse 23, he has already promised her that her brother will rise again. Verse 25, he has already told her that he is the resurrection and the life. And then in verse 26, he has already asked her if she believes. And in verse 27, mother has already said, yes, I believe. So these things are not new to Martha. Therefore Jesus reassures her. Because she has already believed. She will see a physical miracle. She will see more than a physical miracle. She will see the glory of God. Amen. 
she will see the power of God. She will see the authority of God. She will see the sovereignty of God. She will see the awesomeness of God. Which leads us perfectly to the fulfillment of this promise. Third item, fulfillment. Now in this bit, Jesus is now acknowledging in verse 41 that what is about to happen is the answer to his prayer. If you look at verse 41, where he says, so, so, so take away this stone. You know, the minute Jesus says to these people, take away this stone. Now at this point, people are, people are wondering what's, what's going to happen. Because the minute you open that grave, you know, you, you've got to do something. Okay? Uh, but Jesus then says to them, after they've opened the grave, he says, he says you know, actually he says a prayer. He says a prayer for the benefit of those who are around. And the prayer prayer is found in in verse 41. It says, And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, that is an endearment term. Endearment term. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said on this account, on the account of the people who are standing around me, that they may believe that you sent me. I want you to notice the past tense. Jesus says, I knew. I knew. I knew when I prayed. In other words, Jesus is saying, I had already prayed. Before here, I had already prayed. I knew that you always hear me. And hear me means you always answer me. So Jesus is saying, I had prayed and you had answered. So the minute that stone is rolled away, that means people are about to see the answer to Jesus' prayer. The fulfillment of the promise to Martha. This is it. The time has come. Jesus, there's no going back. This is it. So in verse 43, he he cried out with a loud voice. He cried out with a loud voice. Now, crying out means he yelled. He he, he shouted. He he cried out. Okay? And and, and, and this this word loud, this word loud is translated megas. It is, is, is where we get the English word megaphone. Megaphone. Okay? So he, 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 he shouted like a megaphone. He, he shouted like a megaphone. Lazarus! Come out! Which literally means, Lazarus! Here! Now! Lazarus! Out! Now! But Lazarus can't do it. He can't do it. Dead men don't walk. (laughs) Dead men can't come out. He can't do it. So there's tension in the air. Jesus is asking Lazarus to do something Lazarus can't do. But the grave is open. And he stinketh. What are we going to do? 
just have to love the Bible. Just, you just have to love the Bible. I want us to read verse 44 together. It's just great. It's just beautiful. Let, let's read verse 44 together. Let's go. The man who had died came out. The man who was dead came out. He's alive. He came out. Jesus did it. He came out. It has to be God. It ha- it's not Lazarus. It has to be God. The dead body of Lazarus was raised. Praise be the name of the Lord. His heart began to beat. Blood came from his veins and started flowing everywhere in his body. He came alive. His brain was rewired. His ears began to hear. His eyes began to see. His arms began to move. His legs began to move. His departed soul was returned to him. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. The man who has died has come back to life. And Jesus tells them, unbind him. Let him go. Again, what is Jesus doing? Involving the people. Now I tell you, these are probably the same guys who put Lazarus in there. In there. And they're being told now, unbind him and do what you did. Jesus is showing us that for there to be no doubt in their minds that a resurrection has happened, let them be the ones to unbind him. You cannot doubt that. You saw him dead. You put him there. You bound him up. Now unbind him. And the Bible says in verse 45, and many believed when they saw this. Many believed. Jesus involved them in the miracle. Again, so that there is no doubt in our minds that God in his grace gives us a role to play in his purposes. In our family, in our community, in our neighborhood, in our city. God did for Lazarus what he could not do for himself. God saves us when we cannot save ourselves. Do not for one minute think that you can save yourself. Or be right with God. Or even get into heaven. You know, you don't, don't even think about it. You cannot. Dead men don't save themselves. And the Bible says we were dead in our sins. We were dead in our sins. And Jesus had to come and give us life. Amen? Unless God gives you new life, you will remain dead. What a miracle. What a miracle. 
what a God. <laughs> what a Savior. What a Redeemer. Such power. Such love. Such compassion. Praise be the name of this God. And finally in verse 45. It says many Jews. Many of the Jews therefore. Who had come with Mary. And had seen what he did. Believed in him. The question is. Will you believe in him? If you have never done so. Will you believe in him? Will you respond to his voice? Here, now, tomorrow may be too late. If you're a churchgoer and you're just ticking the box, will you commit to his ministry from today? There is work for you to do. God is fulfilling his purposes, but by his grace, he is including you. If you're a believing Christian, will you be his megaphone? Will you be his voice spreading the good news? You're welcome to have a chat with Rob or Sam or me. And we can pray if you want. But whatever you do, you cannot and should not be a bystander in the abundance of such grace. We started off with a question. Is there life after death? The answer is a resounding yes. Yes, there is life after death. Both physically and spiritually. Yes, there is life after death. And this sign is pointing to a resurrection that guarantees our resurrection. The sign points. It's pointing to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ himself. Nailed on the cross. He died and rose so that anybody, anybody in the entire world who believes in him will get the life, will get the gift of eternal life. Praise the Lord. Jesus has conquered death. Amen? And his resurrection guarantees that all believers who die in him will, will be raised. Will you be in that number? when he returns I have a list of loved ones who have died some of them are relatives of some of us here in in, in the church I will just mention their names they are Christians who have died believing in this Jesus Ella May Lawrence Mom, Padma Ama, Aunt, Ruth Wamboy Kibe, Mom, Matilda Odepoju Omiye, the country church member and friend, Abigail Olowaore, Mom, Doreen Smee, Grandma, Alex Nachitende Karanja, Sempa, Mom, 
Thomas Ernest Slater, husband. John Batiakibe, dad. Mama Rosa Obado, Mumbo, grandma. These people will live again, praise the Lord. They will live again when Jesus returns. They will live again and we will see them. He has overcome death. Praise be the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, uh, we weep over our friends and our relatives who are still dead in sin. Would you please save them in your compassion through the blood of Jesus? Lord, give us obedience and boldness to be your, your voice, your, your megaphone in fulfilling your salvation plan. And make us ready for when Jesus returns, when we shall see him face to face and live with him in a land where there, is, there will be no more sorrow, no more pain, and no more death. Help us to reflect this grace and this mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.